It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, local experts on the biggest stories. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network, a brand new week. Kicks off with yours truly, Sam Ekstrom, VikingsBeatWritersOwnCoverage.com, and Luke Inman uh, sitting in for Sage Rosenfels, who is in Costa Rica this week. Luke, you'll have to do your best Sage impression. Let's hear it. What do you got? Big shoes to fill for Sage Rosenfels, I'll tell you that. Um, My time on the JV varsity squad back in Lakeville, you know, has plenty of stories. Don't think I can tell any of them here. We'll save that for another day. Great to be on with you, though, again, Sam, talking, what do we, Kirk Cousins is a Minnesota Viking for the next three years. Hopefully he can host a Lombardi Trophy for us. But also, I hope you ask me about Sheldon Richardson as well, because I'm very excited for Mike Zimmer to finally have a new toy at the three-tech spot. Remember, he was supposed to have Sharif Floyd, didn't pan out. Sheldon Richardson is going to make some noise. I'm excited to see what he does for the purple and gold, too. Well, you must be a psychic because you've predicted what I was going to ask you about, believe it or not. Stop it. We actually ha- I haven't had a show. Chemistry. Right? Hashtag chemistry. But I haven't had a show since the Kirk Cousins press conference because uh, Friday I was up in Duluth calling the club hockey championships. So Of course you were. And that's when, the Vi- that. that's when the Vikings made all the big moves with the Richardson deal. They released Jarius Wright. So we've got a lot of catch up to play. And I'm glad you're here to help digest all of it. So let's go back a few days. Kirk Cousins gets introduced to the media about a 20 minute press conference. What stood out to you from his comments that day? Um, well, you, you could just see the well-spoken nature of a guy like Kirk Cousins. Uh, it sounds a little cliche and even a little boring, but Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer, since they've taken over in 2014, they have committed to changing the culture for the Minnesota Vikings inside that locker room and, and what each player represents. We hear it all the time, um, so I don't want to sound redundant, but guys who love and are passionate about the game, guys who, uh, again, are are – Good people not only on the field or off the field, and guys that, uh, again, are committed to helping win a championship the Vikings. All that obviously spoken by Kirk Cousins and his team of agents, and even you see the family, uh, his wife he spoke about a few times, his kids was doing the skull chant on some viral videos. You just see the guy is committed to winning, but you can just tell he's a good-natured guy who, again, um, is going to continue um, kind of representing what Rick Spillman and Mike Zimmer wants these Vikings players to do on, but more importantly, off the field as well. So I think he just checked all the boxes off the first initial press conference, um, which, again, probably uh, sometimes easier said said than done, but we ultimately got to see him on the football field where he's going to cash all those big checks. I think we need to get a power rankings going of Vikings players – adorable children because we've got Adam Thielen and and I think Asher who's always on the field pregame we got Cal Rudolph and the twins now we've got Cooper Cooper Cousins doing the skull chant in his hotel room I I think Cooper might be making a run for number one 
Yeah, definitely the power rankings is real. And depending on which analyst you ask, that power rankings is going to be a little different. Um, Rudy's definitely got the edge for me because of the twin factor. Right. Uh, very rarely are you able to put two of these young prodigies out on the field at the same time with the same gene pool. And sure enough, Kyle Rudolph has been able to do that. So um, uh, very uh, interesting to see how that goes. I wonder if there's any more down the pipeline that maybe are going to pop out here soon that we'll see next season on the field pregame as well that we can throw into the mix oh that's a, that's a great question um, i wish we had a stat boy on our show that we could say hey go check that out see if uh anybody's coming down the pipeline here yeah well email the guys at pff i'm sure they're keeping track there's a reef in the studio i'm sure a reef is not doing anything check out a reef maybe a reef can go check that out he's probably got a spreadsheet for it we're talking to luke <laughs> yeah. inman at luke underscore spinman of zonecoverage.com and the draft wrap podcast so the day after Kirk Cousins signs and we'll probably circle back to Cousins here at some point but let's touch all the bases Sheldon Richardson signs a one-year deal with the Vikings was it 11 million do we know the terms exactly it was a pretty decent deal I think for a guy that that really had a lot of success in New York basically got dumped when, when New York was shedding all of their big contracts and sort of tanking last year and then mm-hmm. he was not retained by Seattle after one pretty mediocre season, actually, in, with the Seahawks. So a chance in Minnesota to rehabilitate his stock and then maybe hit free agency again next year. But that was the dream scenario. Like, when we were writing the the offseason previews, we were all saying, it's a long shot, but go after Sheldon Richardson, at least see if you can maybe make a run at him. And they did. They got Sheldon Richardson to pair up with Linval Joseph. That feels like a pretty big acquisition, especially on a one-year deal. So he's going to be playing for his next contract. Yeah, Sam, not just a long shot, like a 1% chance that this front office, maybe other front office, like Washington's known to spend some crazy money from time to time, and there's some other organizations, but but 1% or less chance that this organization, Rick Spielman, Rob Brzezinski, this front office, a team and front office that is committed to drafting or except building through the draft and, again, retaining their own guys. The big thing that we've all heard all offseason that we've pointed out together is that four big-name free agents in 2019, Anthony Barr, Kendricks, Hunter, Diggs, you can't go sign Kirk Cousins and retain all those guys. Uh, sure enough, not only do they sign Kirk Cousins, they still make room for Sheldon Richardson, an absolute steal. I think $11 million, about where he, he should probably have been paid. You were hoping for seven to eight million at that point because around that time it was like maybe we can get Honey Badger too on top of all this. Hey, why stop here? But I think eleven million is about right for him. You think you know when you look at the acquisition, Mike Zimmer's wanted a three technique um, to help his defense go since the get go. I think he thought he was going to have one with Sharif Floyd. He was looking like a top five pick. Didn't end up panning out. He's had to make do with names outside of the Vikings fan base, fans wouldn't really recognize him. Shamar Stephan, a seventh-round pick from UConn. Tom Johnson, a 34-year-old veteran journeyman, a rotational guy in pass rushing downs. Uh, now he's got his guy. And I think when you look at this defense that was, and I don't think I'm being a homer by any means when you say, this defense is an A- minus right now, I think this might put it over the top into an A and solidify it as a top three defense, if not at times during next year, the number one overall defense in the year in a game that starts up front in the trenches. You wait and see just how much of a difference Sheldon Richardson's going to make 
shooting that A gap, uh, again, generating interior pressure by far, the worst kind of pressure a quarterback can face, interior pressure, pressure up the middle, right in the face. Limbaugh Joseph is going to do his part. You know that. Everson Griffin, Daniil Hunter are going to do the things that they do. But now Mike Zimmer not only has his three-tech, but Sam, he's got depth. He's got a rotation of guys with Jaleel Johnson. He can uh, obviously circle into the mix. And then, you know, different schemes now, different looks, different kind of formations that maybe we're not used to seeing. He's got flexibility to do these things now, and that's really what makes Mike Zimmer so good, staying ahead of the offense by a page or two. And I think, look at the Eagles, copycat league. Eight different guys they could rotate in there at any one time and not skip a beat. There was downs they were putting four defensive tackles in there. There was downs they were putting four defensive ends in there. An absolute outstanding rotation of guys. Sheldon Richardson just adds, excuse me, to the mix. And I think as well, uh, when you look at the starting front four, that might be, Sam, that might be the best starting front four talent-wise in the entire NFL. Really proud of Rick Spielman and Rob Brzezinski to finding a way to get it done keeping Mike Zimmer happy uh, uh, at the same time, and, of course, fixing the quarterback situation uh, at the end of the day. Just really lights out kind of general manager play here. We'll see the effect, though, it has in 2019 and to what expense. uh, Because, again, can they retain all four of those guys I mentioned? Probably not. Having Richardson is number one, it's going to help that double-A gap blitz a whole lot because you're going to have so so good of a get-off on the line that's going to, Hi, this is David Locke, the CEO of the Lockdown Podcast Network. In this crazy, unprecedented, and unnerving time, I know we're all living our lives a little differently. I thought we had some of our sponsors over the time that might be able to help you out. So we've reached out to them to get you specific offers. Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for their first seven days. Start your free deliveries, download the Postmates app, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Anxiety, stress, need something to calm yourself down? The Calm app is available for you. 40% off to our listeners at calm.com slash locked on NBA. Stuck at home? Want fitness? Echelon Fit has been a sponsor of ours. And you can go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. And if you're looking to add some new knowledge and get a little smarter in your free time, Masterclass, or at least your time at home, masterclass.com slash P-E-R is offering 15% off. If you missed any of those, go to lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. That's lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. Thank you very much for tuning in to Lockdown Podcast Network. We hope to be here for you to give you a relief and uh, respite from all the other news. And thanks very much. Be safe and practice your social distancing. Uh, only open things up more for Barr and Kendricks this year. I mean, they really do seem to be going all in this year because, like you said, I think they're going to have to wait now on some of those contracts until those guys become free agents. I mean, obviously, you probably want to keep them in the best-case scenario, but they don't have the cap space this year to extend four players, I don't believe. And Now, if they, if they really wanted to, they could probably finagle it so they could make it work, but then you're deferring all that money down the road. I think what they probably do is they maybe extend Barr and try to reduce his cap number, which is like $12 million right now, um, and maybe you try to extend one other person, maybe Diggs. But then in the case of a Hunter and a Kendricks, you might have to risk having them go into that free agency period and hope that you can negotiate with them. But for now, it's a fearsome foursome on the defensive line. The, the four Norsemen, wildly intimidating defensive line. And I think it increasingly looks more and more like 
Tom Johnson and Shamar Stefan might not be back, which I think, number one, gives Jaleel Johnson a great opportunity to step in and really show himself this year. But it also puts a lot of pressure on the draft because they're going to have to be drafting depth at that position to get in you know, a fourth or fifth defensive tackle. And if you look at another position, Jarius Wright gets cut on Friday. They're going to be looking, I think, for a mid-round receiver to fill in that gap as well. So your area, Luke, the draft, I think is still very important for Minnesota, especially in the middle rounds. Well, huge, Sam. And you mentioned those depth guys. Shamar Stefan, again, a seventh-round guy. I got to see down at the Senior Bowl in 2014. Same year, Jerick McKinnon and Teddy Bridgewater and Anthony Barr came up. He's been great for a seventh-round pick. He's been outstanding. Um, I, I will be interested to see his market from other teams, though, because he's not uh, you know, a, a kind of a starting caliber defensive tackle, so to speak. But he's a great role player. He's a, a great depth guy. I'd be surprised if they weren't able to retain at least one of those depth guys you mentioned. Tom Johnson's been outstanding as a as a role player, pass rushing guy. What a great signing as a 30, 31-year-old coming from the New Orleans Saints. I think it was back in 2014 as well. Mm-hmm. He's been outstanding, but he's getting a little long in the tooth. I still think, again, it's so important. Copycat League, look at the Eagles. Eight-man rotation that was just so hard to stop towards the end of the season because they were still so fresh. I think they'll still do everything they can to retain at least one of those guys because you're right. They need depth. They need, again, that rotation. If they let both of them go, all of a sudden it gets thin really quick. You're banking on a guy like, outside of Julio Johnson, a guy like Dylan Bradley, a rookie from last year, undrafted rookie from last year. Shmar, or excuse me, Sharif Floyd will probably be let go. And then uh, that's it. There's no other guy. I mean, Brian Robeson, is he going to be brought back? Now you start to trim a lot of the fat now on these rotational guys when you spend so much money on a Kirk Cousins, on a Sheldon Richardson, uh, those depth and roll guys. You know, B-Rob played a lot of, people don't know, that he played a lot of D-tackle last year, more of a stand-up defensive tackle in that joker role. But, you know, that would be a great guy to retain again for another season. Is he going to want to take a vet minimum? Uh, I don't know. So you're right. Coming into the draft, Offensive line has been the big priority. Defensive line, obviously, has kind of been in the mix. But now that Sheldon Richardson signs, people are going to maybe mistakenly think that defensive tackle is not a need anymore. It probably couldn't be further from the truth, though, Sam, like you mentioned, because of the guys you mentioned. You sign a Sheldon Richardson, and now you got to let Shamar Stephan and Tom Johnson go. You better fill in that depth really quick. So now it's like this. It's like, okay – Offensive line, still probably the first priority at pick 30. You draft a guy like Billy Price or Will Hernandez. If Isaiah wins there, you pull the trigger. But second, third, fourth, fifth round, I expect two defensive linemen to be drafted. And again, because of the rotation and the depth that they need, there'll be some good guys for the picking. Uh, Nathan Shepard, Fort Hayes State, so I'm down senior bowl. Outstanding. Outplayed his small school status and should be drafted in the second or third round. I'd love to get him into the mix. But keep in mind, with only, what is it, five or six picks right now, I know they got one for the Trevor Simeon uh, trade. Uh, Rick Spielman, I wouldn't be surprised if he got back to his old ways, trader Rick, of trading back, stockpiling, and really setting himself up, again, not so much for this year, 2019 with the big four free agents that we mentioned, 2020, 
2021. I mean, there's going to be a lot of names that he's going to need to develop and replace now for some free agents that we've mentioned. And guys that we haven't mentioned, Trey Waynes is going to be a free agent soon. Uh, is he going to be in the mix? You know, Terrence Newman we didn't mention. We just assume he might come back again. Maybe he doesn't. And if he does, at what level does he play? And we know he won't be back in 2020. There's just no way. So um, there's names that always need to be replaced. But I will say this about the front office, Rick Spielman, Rob Brzezinski, they do such a phenomenal job at not only looking at how do we win this year, how do we stay competitive this year, how do we push our chips in this year with Kirk Cousins, Sheldon Richardson, guys like that, but how do we make sure we set ourselves up for 2019 and 2020 and make sure we never have to go through that big rebuilding stage again and wipe the slate clean like you're seeing the Jets do, like you're seeing the Seattle Seahawks do, uh, like we had to do after the Farver in 2010. This, again, is a roster built to win now, win a Super Bowl right now, probably have a two-year window right now, I would say, for that. But I don't think, hopefully, again, this is the plan, I don't think you're going to have to see a complete rebuild phase from this uh, front office and from the core of the team, really, because of the job that Rick Spiel and Rob Brzezinski has done. This draft, though, Sam, is going to be huge for not, not so much this year, but 2019 and 2020. So keep an eye on the names they draft and the positions they draft. Sam, if they draft a, a linebacker in the second round, well, that tells me that they're planning for the future, and they probably think that, you know, of the four free agents, they're going to try to resign Diggs, Hunter, but maybe Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, they're not going to be able to retain and they're going to, again, try to get a young guy to get a year under his belt quickly so there's not that big kind of transition from college to the pros in 2019. Similar to what you're seeing with Jaleel Johnson, actually. Didn't see much action at all this season, if any. Looked good, though, in the preseason. So you're thinking, why aren't they throwing him in there? Well, they completely pretty much redshirted him. So now for this year, maybe they planned on letting Stefan and Johnson go, and they knew Jaleel Johnson was going to be a big part of the mix. Keep an eye on the positions they draft is what I'm saying, Sam, because that'll play a huge factor into who they probably retain and, more importantly, don't retain in 2019. Yeah, it's an excellent point. We're talking to Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman, and I get the sense that the biggest moves the Vikings will be making from here on out in free agency will be whether or not they retain their own guys, whether it's Johnson, whether it's on the offensive line, Joe Berger, who's contemplating retirement, whether it's Terrence Newman. I think you've got three players there that might sort of dictate how the draft is ultimately going to go. But uh, let me flip gears quickly to talk about Jarius Wright, who got released on Friday, and he signed today with the Carolina Panthers and Norv. So he's gone. He's gone. And I feel like his legacy it's a good legacy, six great years in Minnesota, but I always got the sense that he was a little underutilized. Now, you might say, well, he was a slot guy, and Thielen and Diggs, they also thrived in the slot. That's why he didn't get more time. But, I mean, the fact that the Vikings have the flexibility with Diggs and Thielen to play inside-outside, they never really tried to do that with Jarius Wright as much, and I felt like he was a versatile enough player that they could have found a way to put him on the field more. And I understand they gave a lot of reps to Laquan Treadwell trying to get him going, but look back to Minneapolis Miracle Play, right? This is the play where everything's on the line, where it, it all matters. Like, you put your best players on the field. They have Diggs, they have Thielen, they have Jarius Wright. They're top three receivers on the field. Not Laquan Treadwell, not Michael Floyd, Jarius Wright on the field. So I guess I just feel like 
maybe we were cheated a little bit out of some better Jarius Wright years and some more Jarius Wright opportunities. How do you see it? Yeah, I, I uh, will tip my cap to Jarius Wright every day of the week. I think that was such a great pick in the fourth round. Remember, they drafted two kids in the fourth round out of Arkansas that year. One Jarius Wright, uh, the undersized, smaller guy, everybody kind of wrote off right away. The other, the big-bodied, six foot four, two ten, Greg Childs, who everybody thought and expected would be the big playmaker from the fourth round. He goes and tears both knees up during training camp, enter Jarius Wright. He ends up being surprisingly the guy to last six years, like you mentioned. A great slot guy. I will say this. I slightly disagree with you in the fact that I think he was specifically just a slot guy. I don't think he was really meant for the outside boundary role, but his role in the slot, he killed. He was so good at it. He knew his role. He was one of the most clutch third-down conversion guys that I've seen for the Vikings in a long time, and that's what I'll always remember him for. You know, as always, Leroy Horde, need four yards, he'll get you three. Need two yards, he'll get you three. <laughs> Jarius Wright, you need a third down conversion, go to Jarius Wright. He was the guy, and that's what I'll always remember him for. Didn't drop a ton of passes, if any. And I think, yeah, you're right. What, what happened with him not getting as many probably snaps or playing time as I think and you think we agree on he probably should have, Here's what happened. It was it was 20, what was it, the year Treadwell came out. So 2016, yeah. you had Cordero Patterson, who was entering kind of that free agent year. You just drafted a first-round receiver in Laquan Treadwell. Obviously, Stephon Diggs was making plays. Adam Thielen was in the mix as your clear-cut number two. And you draft, or you signed Michael Floyd as well. You're sitting there thinking, well, you know, Treadwell should get on the field more. Well, if Treadwell's on the field, then... Where's Patterson going to be in the mix? And if Patterson's in the mix, well, that leaves no room for Jarius Wright. So he kind of, you know, in a, in a convoluted uh, position for the Vikings that year, kind of got thrown into the mix a little bit towards the bottom. And I think the front office was forced. They didn't necessarily want to. The coaches didn't want to either. But front office was forced to tell the coaches, hey, we got to see what we got from Patterson. we got to see if he's going to turn around. we also got to see what, what Treadwell's got, too, as a rookie. We have to feed him a little bit, too. Jarius Wright, unfortunately, there's only so many mouths to feed. There's only one ball to go around. He got the short end of the stick. But I am excited to watch him in Carolina. I think Cam Newton's getting a great one. Um, I couldn't tell you their depth chart at receiver, but I know it's thin ever since they let Kelvin Benjamin go. I hope they keep him in that slot role. I hope they don't ask him to do anything that he really wasn't asked to do again during his six-year career here. But I think today's day and age, pass-happy league, you spread him out three, four, five wide a lot. Jarius Wright can make some hang, can make some money with Cam Newton. I'm excited to see that. No, he's never going to be a 1,000-yard receiver. No, he's never going to break any records. But he's a great role guy and a consistent weapon that you can count on. And I think uh, Cam Newton got a good one. I'll tell you what. if the Panthers find themselves in overtime against the New York Jets. Just dial up that bubble screen to Jarius Wright for, for 87 yards. Touchdown. Game over. I think Do you remember who was chasing Jarius Wright? Sheldon all the way down the field? Richardson. Yes. Oh, get your guy, Sheldon Richardson, man. I don't know how I haven't done a video. I'm going to do a video cover of Sheldon sprinting 
down the field trying to chase Jarius Wright on that walk-off. What a play that we, you know, both you and I obviously remember very well, but most Vikings fans remember very well. Going to miss Teddy Bridgewater as well. Missed, uh, Going to miss him and rooting for him in New York. Signed a uh, very incentive-laden deal today. Uh, technically a few days ago. Just got released today, though. Uh, uh, not a ton guaranteed, but again, a ton of incentives saying, hey, if you go ball out, you're going to get paid like a top quarterback. So rooting for him as well. We'll see how all these former Vikings now shake out. Again, when you sign Kirk Cousins, when you go sign Sheldon Richardson, this is what kind of Vikings fans always kind of gripe and moan about every free agency. We never sign any big-name guys. Well, this is what happens when you do. Guys like Jarius Wright are going to get let go. Um, obviously, uh, some other big names are going to get let go, like Teddy Bridgewater. We mentioned Tom Johnson, Shamar Stephan, probably likely to let go. Uh, Michael Floyd, there's going to be names to let go, and that's one of the downsides. Uh, you lose the glue in between the cracks on your roster when you go shell out big boy money for a Kirk Cousins. Will it all pan out? I certainly hope so. We got our guy. But, again, now you're going to have to redraft Go find Jarius Wrights now in the in the draft. Go find new Shamar Stephens in the draft. And it makes this draft very important, Sam. Luke, you're the man. I have one more question for you. I want your best minute making a case between Trevor Simeon or Kyle Sloter as your QB2. Woo, QB2. I'll tell you what, I absolutely love Kyle Sloter. Not a lot of people really have seen him yet, but he's got a live arm. Trust me, I wouldn't get excited about a third-tier quarterback on the depth chart um, for, for no reason. This guy has a live arm. I saw it in the Denver preseason games where we plucked him. I was shocked that John Elway, of all people, didn't re-sign Kyle Sloter. But he's a developmental guy. He's not there quite yet. He needs to learn from this new system. And he needs to, of course, get another year under his belt, under training camp, and a new offensive coordinator. Trevor Simeon, Sam, should be the quarterback number two because he's done it. He's not only been in the league a few years, Sam, he's played the game. He's been a starting quarterback. uh, And he's got games started over uh, the longevity of, of, what, two, three years now. So he's got that on his resume. I can't feel comfortable if somebody like Cousins goes out for a few quarters and I need to win a game throwing Kyle Sloter out there this year. You asked me that same question in 2019, uh, the answer might be a little different. But right now, Trevor Simeon's our, our quarterback, too, and for good reason because, again, he's played in the league and he's got some time under his belt. Trevor Simeon, that's the guy. All right, March 19th, 2019. We're going to do this again. I'm going to ask you the question. We'll see if it changes. On Twitter. We're in the vault. At Luke underscore Spinman. His work at zonecoverage.com produces quite a bit for the YouTube channel as well. Make sure you subscribe to that. Thanks so much for being on the show. Once again, Luke, you're the best. Thanks a lot, Sam. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, sports fans. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves podcast on the Locked On NBA Network. The Wolves might be in the middle of what's turned out to be a pretty miserable season, but there's still plenty to talk about. From the aftermath of the trade deadline to looking ahead at what moves Gerson Rosas and the front office might be planning for the summer to the possibility that all-star snub Carl Anthony Towns could go off on any given night, it's still going to be a fun spring. Tune into Locked On Wolves daily, Monday through Friday. I'm Ben Beacon with Locked On Wolves, and we'll catch you next time.